you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Dee dee little dee dee little. Hi, good morning, everybody. This is Down East Mike coming to you live from way down east Maine, in the hinterlands of Maine, up in the Blueberry Barrens in our little tent that we've set up on the side of the mountain. And we're on vacation again for a long time this time. We, we intend to take off months and months and months. I believe, actually, that uh, I am probably pretty close to reaching a pinnacle of sarcasm for the year. And it's good to build up my sarcasm level as we enter that season of, of winter, the, the, our, the season of our, our discontent, winter in Maine gets all, everything falls off the trees and curls up and goes to sleep until spring. If you're new to the podcast, this is the Down East Mike podcast, where we take things from old, we go back to like the 70s and then the 1870s or right around those eras, and we look at the headlines and we discover that nothing has changed, that we're still at war around the world, that there's bad weather and there's earthquakes and people fight with one another and food is expensive, things don't change. That's what we look at. We compare it. We just say, you know, if as long as you sit back and look at it and laugh at it all, it'll just roll right along like it does. Today is uh, Wednesday, September 21st, 2022, and our disclaimer is that some of this is whimsy, some of it is true, and the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you. I hope that you're having a great start to your day. I know I am. I'm looking forward to sharing the headlines with you right now. And let's look at the international headlines. There's a picture of that little guy with a bald head with all the problems over there in Russia. Putin calls up reservists amid setbacks with Ukraine invasion. Uh, U.S. Canadian warships sail through the Taiwan Strait for the second time in a year. Nothing like provoking over there, huh? Migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard sue DeSantis in a class action alleging fraud. So the lawyers will make some money there. Hurricane Fiona updates. Category 3 storm moves north after wreaking havoc in Puerto Rico. Uh, The Washington Monument was vandalized with red paint. I wonder why they chose red. The Fed is set for a big, big rate hike as waters get choppy for the world's central banks. Iran faces global criticism over woman's death in custody. And U.S. adults should get routine anxiety screening, panel says. Wouldn't that make you anxious just being told you have to be screened for for anxiety? Uh, TikToks of NyQuil chicken are slammed by the FDA very unsafe. All right, that's enough in international headlines. It's getting bad quickly there. Uh, in the local main news, we have any headlines of, of note? Uh, they all just have the national headlines. They don't have any local reporters, I guess. The Gap slashes 500 corporate jobs. It's because of Kanye, you know. 
uh, Bonnie Eagle School Board will have time to read controversial book before deciding whether to ban it. 18th Annual Turkey-a-thon set for October 7th. Is Thanksgiving really that close? University of Maine is hosting the New England Federal Aviation Administration events for remotely piloted aircraft in Brunswick. Boy, that's exciting. The New York Times meant, uh, named two Portland eateries to this year's list of favorite restaurants. I don't know if I've been to an eatery, a place where you eat, right? Uh, Maine saw the nation's largest drop of people without health insurance. Newest hopeful sign to light up Augusta. If you put up a hopeful sign, it means hopeful things. Well, let's get to uh, today's episode. We have a hurricane hitting the Honduras from 1974, bad dining and TV reviews from 1974, inflation hits a high in 74, the Bishop's Bar, the Dancer, 1922, the Bishop's got all upset over a dancer. We'll get to that story. And then Maine's Woodland Fishy, that's today's episode. So the word of the day today, you know, we thought we would bless you all with a bundle of words. And this is from the Specimens of Early English, Reverend Richard Morris, LL.D, and Reverend Walter Skeet, Mrs. Skeet's boy. He only had a master's degree. He wasn't quite as important. He's listed below Richard Morris in the masthead there. And this is from Robert of Gloucester to Gower. I knew a Gower once. This is from 1873 in the Oxford Press. So a bundle of words, dark, D-A-R-K-E-D. To dark is still used in Swadale or Yorkshire in the sense of to lie hid. He lie hid. A horse that shies is said to dark. Darken also means peeping or sly. And the word that we brought us into this mess was desilic. D-E-S-S-E-L-I-C. Des is common in Yorkshire in the sense of to pack tight or fit closely together. Possibly the word desilic, which is the reading of two, may mean crowded together or gathered closely together. Desilic. How about fly tanned? Flight to scold is common in Yorkshire. This word, however, is not uncommon elsewhere. What a word way to say that. Here's one, fout. F-O-U-T-E. A dog that scents a hare is said in Yorkshire to fout it. I did not know that. Uh, we'll do a couple more in our bundle here. Pay nebel, pay nebel. In Swadale, the word generally means suitable rather than painstaking. I didn't know they had painstaking in 1873. Uh, rake, R-A-Y-K-E. In Swadale, sheep or cattle are said to rake when they extend themselves into a line. And they spelled rake there, R-A-I-K. So sheep and cattle, when they extend in a line, they rake. And the last word in our bundle for today is sackles, S-A-C-C-L-E-S. 
In Swadale, it means rather inoffensive than innocent. When one of my hawks was ill, it killed. After a fit of spitefulness, a lad who was looking at it remarked that it looked very sackless new. S-A-C-C-L-E-S. Wow, that's quite a bit to get your head around early in the day, so we apologize if that was too much for you. But let's bring you back to life with a happy birthday today to Richard in Ellsworth. Richard will be 102 years old today, and he feels it. We don't have much on his bio, but, you know, congratulations, Richard, on making it this far. And I hope that when they cut that uh, nursing home cake today for you, it's a full slice and not that little bit that they give you like you were, you know, three. Let's give you a 102-years-old piece of birthday cake. Uh, happy birthday to Meg today of Tenants Harbor. Meg turns 18. She's enrolled in the professional nanny's course in England, and she's hoping to get placed with a family in the Middle East. Good luck to you, Meg, in that journey. So on this day in uh, 1974, they had a hurricane in Honduras, a Hurricane Fifi. I don't remember Hurricane Fifi. I don't even know where I was in 1974. But anyway, uh, maybe you remember where you were. Uh, rescue brigades and radio hams confirmed that in the town of Choloma alone, there are between 3,000 and 4,000 dead. Uh, tremendous flooding. Hurricane Fifi struck on Thursday with sustained winds of 110 miles per hour and gusts up to 140 Reports from San Pedro de Sula, the second largest Honduran city. Authorities there said uh, they're having to burn the bodies because of the epidemic. It's just an awful mess there. Um, 100 persons killed on the coastline, probably many more. Thousands homeless. Yeah, so big hurricane 19 on this day, 1974. The consumer price uh, index rose for the, to the highest level. Of the year on this day, 1974, meats, clothing, mortgage rates, and medical services led the list of things costing more last month. The August price surge was the second largest monthly increase in more than 10 years. It was accompanied by a CPI index of 150, whatever that means to you, meaning goods and services cost $10 in 1967, which was the base year, in 1974, they cost 15. Uh, also in August, real spendable earnings shrank nine-tenths of 1% to 4.1%. Average gross weekly earnings were $157 in August compared with 146 a year ago. And then they talk about the price of milk going up. They based everything on the price of milk. Uh, 1974, coming up, you would have been able to go on Saturday night to stock car racing uh, at the Oxford Plains Speedway at 7.30 p.m., the third leg of the Triple Crown. It was a 70-lap sportsman feature, 40-lap charger feature, mini stocks, and figure eight. The most exciting race in the world, the rain date would have been Sunday at 2 p.m., Route 26 in Oxford, one-third of a mile asphalt. Oh, that would have been great, huh? You could get some beer label belt buckles and add in the paper authentic color reproductions 
to fit one and quarter inch uh, belt straps. The brands available were Budweiser, Schlitz, Pabst Blue Ribbon, Miller High Life, Hams, Anheuser-Busch, Coca-Cola, and 7-Up. Have your own collection, $3.98 each for uh, plus shipping and handling. And that was out of Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is where everybody went for their beer label belt buckles at that time. If you wanted to see a movie in the theaters on this day, it was Robert Redford as Jeremiah Johnson, a Sidney Pollock film. The man who became a legend, the film destined to be a classic. And it had uh, Robert Redford, who else was in it? Will Gear, Charles Tyner, and introducing Del Bolton. I don't know that. Uh, in the TV on t on the boob, this is when the boob tube was in its heyday. Uh, you could see Captain Kangaroo, and the special feature is on butterflies, with a film on their life cycle. Grandfather Clock reads the Good Night book, and the Moose Report is about Mac Chagall, the artist. I remember that Grandfather Clock talking. That's pretty spooky. What about on TV at 9.30 at night? It, uh, Manix. Remember Manix? Mysterious threats on the life of a pop singer lead Manix to turn up a variety of suspects with sufficient motive to do away with a musician in Portrait in Blues. Mike Connors returns to the series in the title role of private detective Joe Manix with Gail Fisher as his secretary, Peggy Fair. Ward Wood continues in his recurring role of police lieutenant Art Malcolm, blah, blah. Uh, before Mannix even attempts to establish why the life of one half of a singing duo would be threatened, he must track down the mysterious woman who hired him. Once he does that, the case, if further complicated, is further complicated by the fact that the most likely suspect, a heartbroken father whose daughter committed suicide because the singer spurned her, is only one of many persons with a grudge against the musician. Making their, their debut as a singing team are Kim Milford and Bruce Scott as the pair of musicians. This is all in one TV episode. If, if that didn't exhaust you and put you to bed... Uh, the Friday Night Movie, CBS Friday Night Movie, which was at 11.30, this day, 1974, well, it would have been Friday night. Uh, do you remember the Friday Night Movies? Uh, Willard, and it starred uh, Bruce Davison, Ernest Borgnine, Elsa Lanchester, Sandra Locke, and Michael Dante. The terrifying tale of a young man who is the general. For an army of rats. Well, if we miss that movie, Willard, we need to go look it up, huh? The uh, Sunny Comedy Review debuted on this week in 1974. Sonny Bono is the star of this comedy music series. Fast-paced with lavish production numbers and bright comedy sketches and topical humor, the show will feature... Major guest stars each week, including sports personalities, movie stars, a unique form of animation, and beautiful and glamorous women. The guest stars for the premiere episode will be Sally Struthers, 
Howard Cosell and the Jackson 5. Of course, today they'd be what, the Jackson 2? Uh, also, famous classic tales and animated special, The Black Arrow, which has hit its mark with young readers since its publication in 1888, is animated from Robert Louis Stevenson's swift-paced saga of the downfall of a political turncoat at the hands of a band of avenging outlaws against the 15th century background of England's War of the Roses. Oh, this stuff is heavy. There was a CBS News special, What's Going On Here? The Troubled American Economy. The program's format, uh, an exploration in light of President Ford's economic summit meetings later this month, looking at the range of current economic problems and pressure points. Five CBS News correspondents report on different components of the economy, food, housing, oil, energy, international aspect, and the stock market. Boy, would that be tedious. John Hart was the anchor man, and Bernard Kelp, Mitchell Krause, John Sheehan, nobody I know there. Oh, I don't remember him. Um, this day in 1923, they were talking about uh, they would not recommend marriage for any girl, declares Mrs. Belmont. Doesn't say marriage is failure, but that under modern economic conditions, it is a form of slavery. Too many girls work. This is a, a meeting in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, and this Mrs. Belmont says it chiefly because marriage is a form of slavery. And she uh, is, the, or was, sorry, the president of the National Woman's Party. She declared yesterday that she would not recommend marriage for any girl. It's a failure, but it seems to me the statistics speak for themselves. Most of the opposition to the equal rights movement comes from the women of the clinging vine type, she said. Intelligent men are with us. Among the men, our only opponents are small town men and the church organization. Mrs. Belmont was there to preside over the Western State Conferences of the National Women's Party and to attend the Equal Rights Memorial Pageant which was to be given in the Garden of the Gods on Sunday afternoon. Uh, modern economic conditions, Mrs. Belmont asserted, have much to do with the failure of marriages. Too many girls these days have supported themselves before marriage, and when they marry, they feel that someone else is supporting them, and they become discontented. It can be successful when people marry sensibly, she continued, they think they are wrong and go into it with their eyes open. Marriage will be more successful when women are more independent. Men soon tire of the clinging vine type. They like the intelligent girl best. Mrs. Belmont also noted that she opposed smoking by women on economic grounds. In this day of competition, those who want to get, to get ahead cannot afford to drug their brains, she said. I don't think girls smoking is a crime, but I don't like to see it, especially to see a girl smoking with a man. Okay, let's look at uh, 1922. The bishops barring a dancer from church pageant as being immodest. And this is from Portland, Oregon. There's lots of immodest stuff out there. They also suggest that changing the biblical coveting neighbor's ox or ass 
to automobile would be more modern. Oh, I agree with that. When a sitter loved as a pageant was presented under the auspices of the Drama Commission of the Protestant Episcopal Church, it was repeated in the auditorium on Wednesday night to a packed house, the leading dancer in a band of votaries of the god Baal Ashtoreth was not in the cast, so they had no lead dancer. The protest had been made by clergymen attending the convention that the dancer who led a band of bare-legged maidens in a dance, which was one of the features of the first production of the pageant, this dancer was immodest, and the dancer was ordered out of the performance by Dr. W.E. Gardner, head of the educational department of the church, under which the Drama Commission uh, operates. It was announced later that she was a boy. Uh, the the concordat uh, declared by those who advocated as a movement in the interest of the church unity was before the bishops today for final action. The, this proposed agreement with the Congregational Church provides for the ordaining by Episcopal bishops under certain conditions of the ministers of the Congregational Church. Blah, blah. Basically, they didn't like that boy dancer leading the troop, and the bishop says, get out, be gone. There was a food shortage in Greece. Uh, added to this is a serious present lack of water to supply 200,000 refugees. From Athens on this day, September 21st, uh, with thousands of refugees arriving daily from Asia Minor and an insufficient wheat supply at home, Greece is confronted with a food problem so grave that international help given quickly alone may alone save thousands from starvation. Already, some 200,000 refugees have been dumped unceremoniously on the Grecian shore or disembarked on the islands of the Aegean, where not only food but water is lacking. Three-day supply of wheat has been purchased in Egypt, and Greek banks have agreed to turn over to the government about 100,000 pounds sterling in foreign exchange to finance further purchases of wheat abroad. Meanwhile, everyone here is eating bread made from unrefined wheat. Hmm. Some estimates place the number of refugees likely to be sent to Greece at 500,000. Nice to know things haven't changed much. Uh, we had a little story here. Let's see. Uh, uh, Admiral Perry was... Uh, Cook and Perry were returning from... Uh, from, let's see, that, that was on the North Pole, sorry. And they first... Cook, the American explorer who first announced the conquest of the North Pole, was welcomed back to his native country today. By strange coincidence, and almost at the same hour, Commander Robert Perry whose announcement of reaching the pole was coupled with the claim of being the only white man to reach there, sailed into the harbor of Sydney, Nova Scotia, with an enthusiastic welcome. So they did that about the same time. The Roosevelt came direct to the ferry wharf, this was with Perry on it, where 2,000 school children had been assembled. Each was armed with an American flag, which was waved in unison the moment the explorer stepped ashore. A delegation of 10 schoolgirls dressed in white then went forward, and while Commander Perry stood at attention before them, Miss Naomi Keel, the daughter of an American consul, recited a short ad address of welcome and presented the commander with a beautiful bouquet of flowers. The party then entered carriages and were driven to their hotel. The police had to clear away for them, 
through the crowd of 10,000 people that filled the square. At the hotel, Commander Perry was welcomed by the city alderman. Uh, we have a story from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. There's a woman who posed as a man. Uh, she's now being watched by the police until her husband arrives. From Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Mrs. Henry Melvin of China, Missouri, or China, Maine, I'm sorry, who arrived here four days ago dressed as a man and declared her sex Saturday afternoon is under police surveillance awaiting the arrival of her husband to explain her masquerade. Thursday, Mrs. Melvin came here and registered at Hotel Kearsage as Henry Melvin. She was dressed in a neat suit of men's clothes, her close-cropped hair and lithe figure arousing no suspicion that she was not a man. Boy that threw stones, he now wishes that he hadn't. 15-year-old Ferdinand Bailu of New Auburn, who formerly threw stones, now wishes he hadn't, for the coppers got him. The judge frightened him, and he thinks himself mighty lucky that he didn't have to go to jail. Ferdy had the playful habit, not particularly appreciated by the victims, of going into hiding and pasting passers-by with various geological specimens from the strain underlying New Auburn. Philip Mayhew, who runs a woodyard in the vicinity of Young Bailu, has been more than anyone else an unwilling target for stray chunks of rock, and after a particularly vicious attack last Saturday, he lost patience and proceeded to swear out a warrant. Ferdy admitted his guilt before Judge Manzer Tuesday morning promised to confine future bombardments to inanimate objects which wouldn't be injured thereby. On this promise, Judge Manzer continued the case for a month to see how the lad lives up to it. He sent Ferdinand out and he said, let's see how long you can go without throwing rocks at people. Well, let's take a look at Maine's Woodland Fishy. Now, that's just a little bit of a play there, actually, because this correspondent was walking in the woods one day, and in the middle of the woods, on a dry patch of leaves, he saw a fresh fish as if it had fallen from the sky. And, you know, being quick-witted as I am, I realized it did fall from the sky, obviously, uh, an osprey had dropped it, probably was attacked by an eagle or another osprey, and it you know, dropped its fish down through the trees uh, into the middle of the woods. And that fish was an American shad, Alosa sapidissima, Ooh, family of herrings, it's in the herring family. American shad, at their dark blue to green above with paler sides and a silver underbelly, about the uh, upper ridge of the gill covers a dark, dusky spot that is usually followed by several small, less distinct dusky spots. These fish have a laterally compressed body and a deeply forked tail fin. They are the largest members of the true herring family, and they can grow to 30 inches in length and weigh over 9 pounds. They're found inshore... Uh, on the, along the coast of Maine. Their similar gulf species would be the Atlantic herring, the Elwives, uh, blueback herring, Atlantic Manhattan. They 
are commonly known as the poor man's tarpon. Shad are highly sought after as a sport fish because of their feisty nature and their ability to leap. The most popular time of the year to go shad fishing is in the spring when the fish are returning to their coastal streams and rivers to spawn. Although shad are primarily plankton feeders, they will take a variety of baits, lures, and flies. Either light spinning or fly fishing gear is recommended, or if you're an osprey, your feet will do just fine. Thank you. Uh, the populations in some rivers are supported by hatcheries. We've already noted it's the largest member of the herring family. Uh, a little comment here from the main uh, government website. As with most other species of sea run fish, the shad populations are much depleted from the historic levels and are the focus of river restoration efforts. 2007 stock assessment found that the stocks were at all-time lows and did not appear to be recovering. There is no commercial shad fishery in Maine, but the fish is caught by recreational and subsistence anglers. That's the shad. Uh, commercial fishing for shad is prohibited in Maine. Anglers may keep two shad per day using only hook and line, no minimum size. It is a higher fat, higher calorie seafood choice but it's an excellent source of selenium and omega-3 fatty acids, and it's not likely to be high in mercury. Shad is a bony but delicious fish. Try it baked, broiled, or smoked, or again, raw, if you are an osprey. All right, that's our podcast for today. Let's take a quick look at the National Weather Service forecast. It's about 51 degrees and overcast right now, and for today, Wednesday, cloudy through the mid-morning with gradual clearing to high near 68 degrees, about our seasonal high for the day. Northwest wind will be 5 miles per hour, becoming west in the afternoon. For tonight, Wednesday night, showers likely after 2 a.m., areas of fog after midnight, otherwise increasing clouds with a low around 55. Thursday, we get some more rain uh, with a high of 67. And then Friday, uh, sunny with a high near 55. Saturday, Sunny again with a high near 62. That hurricane may be offshore at that time, so could be some some surf along the uh, along the coast. That is our podcast for today. This is Down East Mike. Until next time, I'm wishing you and your loved ones a day that is full of grace, love, and kindness. We'll see you. Hello, Boomer, I got your boogie I can see that you're feeling alright But I've got to be the one to tell you You're gonna dance alone tonight It's such a shame that you had to travel To this circus tent But sooner or later, everybody's Got to pay the rent. Boomer boogie under the stars. Boomer boogie late at night. Oh, go on, boomer, boomer. I can see that you're feeling.